0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Running 44 at 60. My name is Trevor Lee and this is episode 37, which has been plotting my journey to next year's classic quarter, those 44 miles. Now, on the show today, I've got Lloyd Purvis. Lloyd has got some great running experience. He's also got a website called run for adventure He's got the most fantastic YouTube channel as well. And he's just started his own new adventure with PB running down in Hale. So Lloyd, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome, Trevor. Thanks, uh, thanks for having us
0: on. I can't believe how many episodes you've done. <laughs> Neither can I. It's been going about thirteen months, Lloyd, but nowhere near your one hundred plus videos on your Run for Adventure site. I mean, that is extraordinary. I mean, tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, it's it's been a journey. It's been it's been
1: an adventure, if you'll excuse the pun. Um, <laughs> You know, it was, it was it was something that we made a few short run-in videos many years ago of races we went to. And then I was building up to go and race a, a big race out in Europe called UTMB. Thought I would capture a few videos of my build-up training and then, you know, hopefully capture a video of race day. Uh, and it kind of went from there you know I I really enjoyed the whole process I was always quite a creative person at school and maybe lost that sort of uh, avenue to get my creativity out and just having the YouTube channel making content building an audience you know we get some great support on the channel and it's just a great thing for us to to have to look back on as well you know you're sort of documenting your running and your adventures and and it's there for you to go back and look at any time. So, it was a steep learning curve. You know, we hadn't really done a lot of, of that type of thing. When I look back at the early days and the original content, <laughs> I kind of cringe a bit, but, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. And, and we want it, you know, we want it to be enjoyable. We want to connect to that running audience, But. We want it to be of, you know, a high standard. The content to be of a, a high standard, and I, and I think we're, you know, we're, we're starting to achieve that definitely. But it's good fun, really good
0: fun. Well, you know, you've got really, you've got almost nine thousand subscribers, so you must be, you must be doing something well. And, I, and I, you know, anybody yeah. listening to this podcast is not a subscriber to to Lloyd's Run for Adventure YouTube channel. You need to get on there and subscribe because. Um, yeah, there are some tremendous videos on there, and and of course you did one very recently of the classic quarter that took place this year. What was your perception of it?
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean it's great. You know, it's great that racing is starting to happen again. You know, it's, it's been a long time. It's been amazing how it. You know, I've I've spoken to lots of runners over the the last few months how it's you know it's affected a lot of, of runners with their training and they've lost their running mojos because you know they train to their focus points are, are races. You know, and there hasn't been any. So I thought it was it was great to see people racing again. You know, I've got. I've um, got a lot of history with the Classic Quarter, uh, I've run it several times and I, I love the route, I love the race, I love the fact that you know if you're in Cornwall, it, you get great support out there, you know a lot of the runners. So it was great to, even though I wasn't running it, it was great to be out to encourage people, cheer people on, chat with people along the way. And, you know, just to see people out racing, it's, it's good. It's, hopefully we'll see, you know, a fair bit more of that.
0: Oh, when you've been running the Classic Quarter, you said about the, the road really taking it out on you, you know, at that stage, even though it looks as though it's quite early. So tell me a little bit more about that because I need to be prepared for that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's... I mean, it's, it's a tough route anyway, the classic quarter, and a lot of people you know, underestimated. I know I, I did the first time I ran it. Um, and I think the reason being is, is that transition, you know, from trail, you spend 20 odd miles on the trail, your body kind of comes accustomed to that, And then you hit that hard stand in that tarmac. And at first you think, you know, it's nice. You haven't got a lot of hills to go up and down or steps to go up and down. And I think you do get on that tarmac and you do start to run a bit quicker and put maybe a bit more impact through your body. And then because it's just so repetitious, your body, well, my body definitely reacts in a negative way. And you always see a lot of people struggling by the time you get to Penzance, coming through Penzance onto Mounsel. And then obviously, once you make it up the big hill out of Mousel, you're then thrown straight back onto that technical uh, coast path, and, and and a really challenging part of the route. So, I think that's what makes the race super tough. It's having that that transition. I, I'd always say to people, if you can, like yourself, you know, you're local, you can get out there. You can you can almost train on that transition. You know, you can get used to running trail, road, trail, and I think that would really help you and stand you in good stead for the race.
0: And how far how far do you think um, you should start? um in that in that in that kind of training run lloyd you know in terms of bef- how many miles on the coastal path before you hit the tarmac and how many miles after yeah you don't have to do
1: you know i think uh, a few miles before run the whole road section you know a few miles after on the trail i think that that would suffice you know you don't have to do mega miles um it's just i think it's the more times you do it the better rather than having big periods of trail before i just think similar to triathletes they train On their transitions, you know, going into transition, putting their kit on, changing their kit, going out on a run or bike or whatever. But um, I think it's a similar thing to that. I think if you could do two or three miles on the trail, run that entire road section, and then two or three miles the other side on the trail, again, it would give you a, a big advantage. Your body would start to get accustomed to that transition. And even then, obviously, on the day, as ultra running is, you know, it's 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 a on the day thing. It can still you know, it can still go it can still go wrong, and you still have to dig in. but um, I think it would
0: it would really help to train on that transition. and And uh, would you recommend uh, changing shoes uh, for the tarmac? Uh, I mean, some people do, uh, and it can really
1: help. I think because of, because it's a summer race, you don't really need a trail shoe with a super aggressive lug. you know, it's not like running on the coast path in the winter. So I think you can get away with a trail shoe with a a, a slightly uh, less lug on, a bit more cushioning. That actually, you know, is designed more for sort of crossing over trail running a bit of time at bit of trail, and then you know it saves you that time and effort of um, changing your shoes. But I, I've, you know, I've seen lots of people do that. But uh, again, you don't need an aggressive trail shoe. Obviously, uh, weather dependent. You know, if it chucks you down with rain and it's slippy, then uh, and you have to wear a deep lugged trail shoe, then I'd definitely uh, change shoes on the road section.
0: Okay, now talking of shoes, you've been uh, helping me sort out my own shoes uh, for a number of years now, I think, and uh, which has been yeah. terrific. But you're on a new adventure yourself, and uh, so tell us about your new adventure, and also let's—I'd I'd like to get your, you know, tips and advice around shoes for our listeners as well, Lloyd.
1: Yeah, excellent. Yeah, it is definitely a big change, and and, and a, uh, definitely a big adventure. Um, I've. I've sort of partnershiped up with uh, PB Running who, uh, Barry from PB Running who has a running shop up at Roach. Um, unfortunately with At Your Pace uh, closing um, through all the um, you know, coronavirus stuff that's going on, um, he contacted me after he'd heard the news and said was I interested in um, pairing up and maybe opening a shop somewhere else, another store for PB Running. Just so happened that he had found a location in Hale which is where I live, um, about a hundred yards away from the shop, and and he's been great. You know, he's been uh, he's been awesome to work with. He's literally got you know here's here's the floor space, here's the shop. You're experienced, you know what you're doing. What do you want to stock? How do you want to go about it? How do you want it to look? And he's just let me you know run with it. And uh, you know he's been great. And the shop has uh, been open for a week now. We just had our first week. It was really positive. Uh, we 've got some really it 's quite a small space but we 've made the use um, i think we 've made the best use of that small space so uh, we 've got some really great kit choices um, as many shoe choices as we can fit in there because I think that is the most important part when it comes to our running is getting the runners in the in the correct footwear for them um, so the more choice you have, the more likely you are to find the right shoe for them but yeah it's been it's been brilliant i can 't you know it's just been great to be back in that environment um, catching up with old customers, seeing people again, um, and new customers, you know, we've had a lot of new customers in the shop, even in that first week. So yeah, super positive, really, really enjoyed the first week, and hopefully we'll have many more.
0: Great stuff. Well, you know, I, I, I remember someone saying to me when I first started doing a bit more running a few years ago, that the most important thing was probably your shoes, of all the bits of kit you could get, and the most important thing about the shoes was to make sure that you got ones that worked for you and fitted you, and I I remember coming to see you in Helston, and, uh, you know, probably putting on, trying out about six or seven and then having the dilemma of trying to narrow them down to uh, (laughs) like the final two and then the final one. Um, And and I have to say, it always worked really, really well doing that. So uh, is that what you're, I mean, how's that working out with this current situation in terms of people coming in and, trying shoes on how does that work? Yeah um, you
1: know we obviously in the situation we're in we do have to be a lot more careful Um, so obviously people sanitize as they come in the shop we're having to wear face masks and then um, the shoes uh, have to be sprayed afterwards uh, with an antibacterial spray
0: and then left to one side for a certain amount of time for obviously we can try them on again. So what about the um, you know what about the, the you know the trending shoes what are the most popular shoes at the moment and uh, that, you, that you can offer what what should people be looking out for in terms of great new shoes
1: yeah i think I honestly think we 're probably in the the biggest period of running shoe innovation you know there has been for a long long time. I think running shoes um, you know they 're very exciting at the moment um, you look at obviously depending on road and trail you know road shoes there 's lots of models of shoes coming out built for speed you know carbon plates, new phones that apparently make you run quicker um, so There is some amazing innovations and you know I've always been into that side of running. You know I've always been a bit of a a kit geek and I like to look at new products and new compounds and new things going on in the industry and the sport. So yeah, running shoe wise, uh, when it comes to road running, I would say um, Saucony are making some pretty incredible shoes at the moment. I've reviewed quite a few of them on the channel and and I've got a big history with Saucony running shoes but they're making some really good developments. Their, their road shoes are, are pretty interesting, very comfortable. If you're after a shoe to run quickly or race day shoe, they've got some amazing race day shoes as well. Trail-wise, um, again, it's quite consistent across all the brands, you know. Um, Hoka, you know, cushioning has become a big thing in shoes with Hoka becoming a very big brand, in, in an influential brand. Um, a lot of running shoes are definitely getting softer. Midsoles are getting softer deeper cushioning. We're seeing all the brands kind of carrying that over to a lot of their shoes now because Hoka have become so successful and they've you know, gone from a start company to dominating the running industry. So, um, yeah, trail shoes again Hoka, Salomon, you know, Brooks, you know, they're all making good shoes. It's, they're all having to, you know, because it's so competitive as an industry now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, i um, I've been a, as you know, I've been a bit of a convert to the Hoka brand for, you know, my the last couple of years having not really known about its existence prior to that. So, uh, yeah, sure. I have I have got my eye on a, pa- a new pair of Rincon 2s when I come and see you next because my the, oh, my I- Rincon <laughs> original ones I got from you have pretty much worn out now. So, I did watch your, your Rincon 2 video review, so you seemed to quite like them, I think, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that shoe. I, I I was at the original one, I did lots of running in the original one. I just think it's, it, it, if you want to purchase just one running shoe, if you can only afford one running shoe, the, the Rincon 2 is a, is a great option. It, it does everything. It's very lightweight, a really nice balancing cushioning and sort of responsiveness and ground feel. Um, if you want to do speed work, track work, race day in it, you know, it really does do it all and do it all really well. And, and it's a, a pretty good price point shoe. You know, it's not, um, it's not the crazy 200 pounds, 250 pounds that we're seeing of some shoes. Um, the retail price on it is, is very affordable. So yeah, Rincon Two for sure is a great all round running shoe. You know, definitely.
0: And uh, if people listen to this podcast, uh, Lloyd want to come and see you in the hail shop. Do they, do they need to book an appointment Yeah, sure. No, just,
1: um, yeah, just turn up. We're open uh, Tuesday through to Saturday at 9.30 till 5.30. Yeah, just, yeah, great to see people come in if they're they're after some kits some new shoes or if they just want to come in and have a chat about running or they need some advice. You know, the door is always open. As we say, you know, advice doesn't cost you anything. We give that out for free. So um, yeah, more than welcome. Pop in, have a chat. Um, Because of the shop space and the floor space, we don't um, have the, the room for a treadmill or to offer gait um, analysis inhale, but at our roach store, you know, we've got a big, big setup there—a um, separate room, 3D gait analysis. Um, some really great staff members to to sort of talk you through uh, that process. So yeah, we kind of tick all the boxes. So yeah, no, definitely come in and have a chat um, anytime.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. Right. Well, I can't let you go on this podcast without, uh, you know, getting a few more sort of classic quarter type tips from you, Lloyd. So, yeah, no. One of the things I, I took with me, I bought some poles from uh, At Your Pace um, earlier this year, and I used them in a little practice run around Peramporth a couple of weeks before the classic quarter. And then I did use them at points on the classic quarter, but probably not enough. So, Tell me what about poles and what you think of poles and whether it's a good idea or not. I mean, I, I I I use them to walk up the hills basically, and I did find them advantageous when I when I remembered to use them. Yeah, definitely. I think
1: um, I think poles have become a lot more popular over the last few
0: years. You know, I was using
1: them um, years and years ago um, for long, long races, and. I kind of people look at me in a funny way, to be honest, in the UK when I have poles. But you go overseas, you go into the mountains, go to European races, and I mean everybody has got poles, you know. So they're definitely beneficial. I think that the one tip I would offer with poles, like yourself, you know, you went out and practiced with them. I would I would try and practice with them as much as possible because there is a technique to them, and you have to get used to having them in your hands. The first few times you use them, you can. Getting other runners' way and you can trip yourself up with them and maybe you're not going to get the full benefit from them. But yeah, I think over the course, even on you know, the distance you ran at the classic quarter, or, or definitely if you're doing the whole thing, I think what happens is a lot of people will carry poles and they maybe only start to use the poles when they're starting to struggle and suffer as a bit of an aid. I I, I personally think it's better to to use them before you get to that point because obviously it prolongs Um, it prolongs the effort until you do start to suffer so yeah even on even on a course like the classic core where you've got lots of short sharp climbs I think it helps you going up I think it can help you going down if you start to really struggle uh, and you're feeling really fatigued you know they also give you another point of contact you know which can make you a little bit more stable especially on technical terrain But again, the the, the be all and end all is you have to practice. You have to get used to them and almost become second nature to really, really get the sort of benefit out of them. Yeah, I think maybe you should have uh, used them a little bit more, Trevor, you know, um, know, take them out a bit more and and use them a bit more just to benefit.
0: Yeah, well, I I agree. There was a a section, uh, I think it was around Kynance, where you go up like a grass field or something and it just goes on and on yes. and on but at the bottom yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't look as though you and i was thinking oh do i get my poles out here it's only about three miles in as you say and yeah. um if i wrecked it uh, i would have known to get them out straight away because it you get right. to the top and then it goes on again and, and by the yeah. time i got there i thought yeah. oh, it's too late now but um yeah so yeah. there were there were yeah. definitely certain sections but I haven't. I didn't use them on the downhills because I'm. I'm always worried about tripping over my own feet on the downhills. As it is that without yeah, the yeah, poles yeah. as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, I might have to practice that one a bit better. Right, well, so any, any other, you know, classic quarter tips you can give me, Lloyd, while, as we kind of work towards wrapping this podcast up?
1: Um, yeah, like I said,
0: the, the transition
1: is really tricky. Um, obviously, if you can get out on the route, if you can run as much of it as possible, um, I would definitely advise that, just so you know what's coming. You know, if you're local, you've got no excuse, you can get out there and run it. Um, and I think my the best bit of advice I can offer if you're running the classic quarter is... Have a big smile on your face. Soak up the views, you know, have a look around, taking them spectacular views, even when you're struggling. You know, if you're struggling um, and you look at some of them views, they give you energy, you know, they give you that energy back because it is um, a spectacular course. And another bit of advice, which I think is something that when I first ran it, I didn't do is um, as you leave Porthcurno and you get back onto the coast path, as you look up, you can see land's end. You can see it standing out quite clearly, especially if it's a clear day. I think the best thing to do is don't look at it. <laughs> look down at the trail, <laughs> look down at the trail, get on with your running because it looks a lot nearer than it is. <laughs> so a lot of people get up there, they see it and they think, oh wow, it's touching distance, but the route weaves you in and out of a lot of coves and up and down coves and it can take a lot longer than you think and it can be a bit demoralizing. So I just wouldn't look at it. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other until you get to that iconic finish. And it is a brilliant finish. It's worth all the effort, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, great stuff, great stuff. Well, Lloyd, that's been tremendous. Thank you, Thank you very much for sharing your tips and advice. Um, no, have no probably got another video in the, in the making at the moment, or what's your next video? Yes,
1: yeah, we're actually... Um, uh, it, was quite an, uh, it was quite early for me to get up this morning because we actually went out yesterday and uh, we did. Uh, we had some kit to review, so we got sent some awesome running kit from uh, a British uh, company called Harrier Trail Running. And uh, it's all set up by um, a lady in the Peak District. She's done all the development herself. Um, she's brought the product to market, and the kit is super affordable. And we thought we'd go out to test it yesterday, and. Uh, What Harrier Trail Running offer is bundles. So they do like a beginner's bundle, intermediate bundle, and then an ultra bundle. So they sent us an ultra bundle of kit to test with packs, running poles, um, lots of other bits and pieces. So um, I had a great plan. We would go out and we'd run an ultra in the kit and test it out and review it while we're running. So we came up with a route. um, It's called the Smuggler's Way. So it's an old smuggler's route across Cornwall, starting at Boss Castle. You run inland over the top of Brown Willie on Bombing Moor and then all the way through to Loo Harbour. Um, I think, to be honest, we probably underestimated a bit. Um, it, was, it was longer than we thought. Um, there was a lot more elevation than we thought. And it was a really, really hot day. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely struggled a bit towards the end. And I hadn't been doing a lot of long miles. And it turned out to be almost 39 miles with you know 4,000 oh. feet of elevation. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's why my voice is a bit croaky, Trevor. I'm still a bit dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've got we've got a, a video coming up showing the run, um, showing the route, and a review of all the Harrier trail running kit that we got sent. So that that'll be the next video on the channel.
0: Excellent. Well, I'll I'll put all. The, we're recording this on uh, Monday, the 21st of September. So I'll i yeah. uh, hopefully this podcast will be live soon after that. So I'll put all the links, uh, Lloyd, to uh, the, the the YouTube yeah, channel. Right. For, your website, Run for Adventure website in the show notes, as well as to PB Running In Hale as well. So Lloyd, terrific to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Good luck with your new adventure in Hale and uh, and keep making those fantastic videos. They're really, really appreciated by all of the running community, I'm sure. So thanks very much for coming on the podcast, Lloyd.
1: No, awesome, Trevor. Thanks for having us. Really good to speak to you as always, mate. Um, And and, yeah, thanks for the support over the years with the Run Shop and with the YouTube channel. Uh, Best of luck with all your training. Uh, if you need any, uh, any help, any tips, any advice, you know where we are in Hale, mate. Pop in and we
0: can have a chat. I'll be, I'll be there soon for some Rincon 2s to keep me on the road as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Great mate. Job. Brilliant. Thanks,
1: Lloyd. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor.
0: Well, a big thanks to Lloyd Purvis this morning for sharing some great tips and ideas around shoes and all sorts of other stuff as well. So hope you've enjoyed that podcast. If you do enjoy listening, then do please leave a review. It's very easy to do. You can just click the star rating and leave a comment. That would be fantastic. You can find the review box somewhere on your podcast app when you're looking at this show running 44 at 60. So that's it for another episode. If you'd like to be on a future episode as a guest, then get in touch, Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk. Drop me a line and let's, you know, if you've got something really interesting to share, your experiences or your expertise or your advice, then that would be really, really helpful. So thanks again for listening. There'll be another episode coming up very soon. Get out there and run while the weather's still good. Enjoy. Bye-bye.